Welcome to Agile Clips, where we break down Agile into manageable pieces. In this episode, we discuss Agile first responders. How do you know when you need help with your Agile transformation? And what do first responders do to identify and fix the root causes of problems and to then stabilize the situation? Hi, Santosh. Hi, Steve. I uh, know that uh, recently you presented at Agile Camp, um, a yeah. very interesting presentation, and I heard it went really well. So I thought today we could uh, just go over some of that material. Yeah, sure. No, the Agile Camp was exciting. That was a lot of fun. Uh, learned a lot. Uh, had a good interaction with a lot of people. Uh, my topic was the agile first responders so you know anytime there is any uh, crisis as to who are the first responders and what kind of things they have to do to get the things back on track or at least salvage any of the situations uh, so that was the thing and um, yeah we had a good attendance uh, people liked it so i'm, I'm quite happy that uh, i thought that was um, Something that people uh, always looked for, they said, you know, some of them, they said, yeah, this is, these are so tangible <laughs> things that happen in our, our company. <laughs> so that was fun. Great. I understand that um, you had a very interactive session and you had a few questions that you focused on, such as when our uh, agile first responders needed and what do they do and what happens when they leave is that correct yeah if you look at the responders uh, uh, role you know they come in they fix the things they get the things stabilized and then team members to take over and then they, you know uh, whether the change or the things that you, they have done sticks makes a difference so that's like a typical first responder right, Stab right. stabilizing the situation and uh, keeping it stable going forward so i think that's uh, that's the approach that we took and um, people said yeah we'd like to like to listen to that and uh, i was just throwing ideas out to them and um, some of the things that did come up is that for example people are saying oh we need somebody to help because uh, leadership has mandated that we have to go agile and people have no idea <laughs> what they have to do now or some, you know, a lot of companies now have been going through this and they think they are agile and they are not because uh, they are not seeing any significant impact on some of the success factors that they were looking for. Or sometimes even the uh, because of that, the business team, is uh, their confidence is eroding because they think, hey, the old process, at least we knew what we were doing. Now you guys are not even delivering anything and we have no control over things. So uh, there were a few of those, um, I guess, the factors that they said, yeah, this is what exactly what is happening um, in our companies too. So, Yeah, I think that's very common to see that people get so focused on agile, whether they think they're doing it because they think it's hip or 
they really believe that there's going to be a benefit, but yeah. it, people just don't focus on the outcome. And sometimes Correct. you only need to go so far in terms of transforming the company, maybe just introducing some technical practices as the best that you can hope for. And it will speed up development and improve quality, but maybe it's not appropriate for the whole organization. Yeah, and agile. sometimes, you know, sometimes people think that, oh, I'm now I'm changing it to the daily stand-ups, uh, sprints, and this, and now it'll change. Well, underlying thing, if it is not really an agile mindset to get there, you're doing mini waterfalls or something like that. And, of course, you're not going to see the benefits of what that is. And those are the things kind of um, manifest itself. Uh, oh, the agile doesn't work. Or our, our agile is not working, you know, those kind of. So that that's the one thing that I uh, said to them was that, you know, we need to start looking at uh, certain areas um, where to focus as to as soon as somebody uh, is called in. Um, is there any uh, things at the leadership level, at the team's level or the delivery uh, team level or the cross-functional setup for the delivery? And... That will tell us um, this, either the root cause or maybe the low-hanging fruits where we can start making a difference. So, for example, you know, in, in leadership side of things, if the intake funnel is so crowded and so many things are being pushed down that nothing is coming at the other end because all the teams are overwhelmed, uh, if the organization is not even reorged or, or structured, to be able to agile, then to be able to handle the agile process, then uh, you can see that too. Uh, what we also looked at was uh, uh, sometimes the backlogs. Uh, they are like either the huge backlog, nobody knows exactly where things are going, or sometimes we have seen uh, very little of backlog is there. And you know, everything is from the seat of their pants. So one of the things that always they ask, but we are not supposed to do the planning. I said, that may be the misconcept <laughs> that you are looking at. We have to have a plan. Just that we don't have to stick to the changes are okay to the plan. And the frequency of changes are okay. Oh, that <laughs> so those were like the low-hanging fruits that we had seen in the team level. Um, and the other, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. You want, you want to say something? Yeah, I was just going to mention the uh, the intake is so so important. There was one uh, company where I was working, and the the company was producing software as a service, which mm -hmm. these days you would probably expect to have uh, multiple deployments per day. Right. But in that company, and it was a few years ago the planning was done to have two releases per year. Wow. <laughs> and the amount of work was just so overwhelming that every time it was fed to the engineering organization, it resulted in two to three months of delays. So right, right. not only was it bad to be thinking about a release every six months, but in practice, it was every nine months. Yeah. And those kind yeah. of things happen at the, at the enterprise level also, is that, oh, our... Uh, customers are not ready for every three months uh, type of releases. Like, okay, there is a conceptual difference here. <laughs> you know, what do you mean by releasing? It could be pre-production or 
ready for production but not in production you know, those are the conceptual changes that they need to look at and also the other thing that that we i think we were talking earlier is that uh, how do you prioritize stuff if the leadership intake process is all uh, you know top heavy then um, if you have only limited uh, number of teams or uh, delivery teams uh, you're going to run into trouble of how you handle the prioritization and otherwise Absolutely. that are um i think we had talked about this uh, the uh, hippo highest paid person's opinion <laughs> makes the <laughs> priority uh, that creates another challenges people in in the in the audience they were like we have a lot of hippos <laughs> because i think you know, there is a needs to be an objective way of prioritization so that we have all the uh, the subjective and the emotional side uh, slowly go has to go away and um, make it right. more delivery focus and the value focus than just the emotional focus so those are the kind of things we see in the intake side of things but just uh, going back to the the story i was telling the um what happened in this company is we we continued to plan in a way f- for every uh, a release every six months at least there was a theme to what we wanted to release in six months but in practical terms we were actually deploying every month and doing it on time and with high quality because the teams were not overwhelmed by trying to figure out how to deal with so many things they were just taking one chunk deploying and then the press releases were still coming out once every six months uh, but we had actually already deployed the software you know up to five months earlier and validated that it was working we're getting good feedback from customers who'd started to use parts of these features and uh, we could even ask them to be in the press releases as early adopters of the those new capabilities so it really yeah. made everything so much more predictable and working really smoothly just because we broke down the intake into really manageable pieces one thing that you mentioned is very important that we are always seeing is uh where is the feedback loop you know if you uh, whenever been to the any of the agile adoption or the transformation we always ask uh which stage is the feedback loop starting and then when they start looking at us the puzzled look that tells you oh you know what what the <laughs> where the trouble is because if you don't have feedback uh, as frequent as possible you will not get what you're looking for or even you won't even know whether uh, it's time to pivot because uh, what the end user or end consumer is trying to look for the sooner you get engaged with them like just say you just say you know you have we might have some early adopters or uh, focus group who can give you feedback very quickly so that uh, when the general uh, availability the ga gets out it's already been tested uh, it's not the first time people are seeing it so the feedback loops is huge i think mm-hmm. right, people, right. people do uh, i guess overlook that uh, so let me ask you if i think of uh, first responders in a different context you know someone has a problem the police arrives the fire brigade an ambulance people have their specializations 
So when you're working with a client, you can be advising people at the uh, CEO level one day and potentially working with the uh, DevOps team on improving their deployment pipeline. So do you find that it's reasonable for one first responder to be able to cover that wider spectrum or do different people usually have to come in and deal with each aspect? Well, I think uh, depend on the scale of the problem. So if it is confined to, say, smaller organization, then one person can look at all different. But yeah, if the you know enterprise type of thing is there, then you really need specialized like for example a devops coach or a, a you know a leadership coach something of that that level has to come in to look at because the time is of the essence you need to get to the uh, corrective action and stabilization as soon as possible so you have to look at it from all different levels so it depends on how big is the uh, organization trying to get this done and I've been in the situation where we had to go in as three coaches to help them because at the different levels or different skill sets right? Um, to look at yep. those things. Um, uh, the reason being, you, know, you have to have a dialogue with those level teams like DevOps and uh, CIS or setting up the CICD or those kind of things. Uh, there is certain different understanding required behind this. Uh, when you are looking talking talking to the leadership, uh, your mindset is a little different. Your skill set is also different as to how you approach them into exactly. thinking thinking into those. So yeah, but if it is a smaller organization, they are all you know closely knit together. You can talk to all of them at the same time and uh, identify where things are. And we did that too at uh, certain startups. Uh, we actually had the whole. The whole 30 people team sitting there, including the leadership and the uh, delivery uh, team leads uh, to look at and where, where things are. And actually that that did make a difference because, you know, in those cases where what we term is as a vertically stacked team, so or a no handoff teams, it was a lot more easier for, to construct that and say, hey, let's get this done first with I need somebody from here, from here, from here, and they were all there. So that got done. But at the enterprise level, you need to have local, I guess, uh, champions to work with you. Right. So it, it's a, it's a depending on the size of the problem. Yes. Uh, you yeah. might have to pull in the right resources. Yeah. Uh, so, was, yeah. <laughs> So when you uh, first go into the organization, how do you evaluate what's going on? Well, I think the the thing that I always uh, talk to them is, is, you know, two approaches. One is like what we have, the typical Kanban approach. So start with what they have instead of trying to say, oh, this is all wrong. Red, scrap this and start again. Instead of that, uh, look at their workflow. So how is this... Anything that starts coming in, the requirements come in, how they get done to the other end. And then you you start looking at things as to are they agile or are they following the agile principles? And if they are not, then maybe first start looking at those. For example, we look at um, how many stories do you complete in a, this one or what is your say-do ratio? So 
I, do you ever basically do you even know what's your definition of done and uh, what is your uh, you know capacity is to get these things done? So that's like the low hanging fruit to take a look at the symptoms, and that can build into oh there is so much coming in that's why they cannot handle it or they don't have the automation that's why testing is lacking behind or those those are the symptoms but then then you can come up with what how to start fixing each one of uh, that level going through through that the other approach that we uh, take is start at like appealing the onion you know start with the leadership and management first and see uh, what their perceived um, uh, issue is and then we can start drilling down as to okay well, let's visualize where the gaps are where the anti, anti patterns are um, is there any communication breakdown that is happening and then go to the leads at each layer like we were just talking earlier you know the team layer or the devops layer or uh, tech leads and uh, start coaching at that level saying hey we can we get this done because they are the experts and you are asking them to change something so they may be the right people to start uh, looking at and come up with a better ideas as to because they know the pain points that they are seeing and then come up with a a better approach uh, the bottom line there is that at least we have to be able to uh, show them one success um story through this as yes. at, at the earliest so once they visualize or you know see that oh this is how it's supposed to work now the traction starts so you need to be able to get a successful implementation of a smallest size of feature or story or epic or whatever that is and get that going and that that makes uh, everyone take notice and then say okay yes. that works that means they can start you know internally evaluating what did what we did not do or what were we doing incorrectly and then it becomes a self um, uh, educational so we don't have to handhold that much So in that case uh, is it better to keep a successful team together once it's established or well think it I makes sense to take those people and distribute them so they can go and teach other people other groups to uh, improve well um i actually am a firm believer is that if the team is working together breaking that them up may not uh because for two reasons one if they break them up then the other teams uh, may or may not be uh, as easily adaptable or to their style of doing things because it's all anything that we are delivering it's uh, you know it's a team ownership that they are delivering so they can the whole team can become an evangelist or uh when you go to the other team saying that hey if you have questions go to this team and they can give you how they did it instead of breaking the, those things away from each other and what we have seen in multiple instances that once you have this showcase team that really creates a pull because everyone then wants to start asking them questions at all uh we had this type of things what did you do or how did you you know overcome this type of problem that we always see in our our business so it it becomes a lot more easier to relate instead of 
um, somebody from the other other team just saying, now let's we, we are not going to do that what we were doing it. This is how we will do it. So, uh, I mean, it, in some cases it might work, but usually it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I agree with you totally. So yeah, creating a pool is a big thing, and I, I think one of the things that that basically having that visibility to everyone saying, look, this is how it actually should work, and this is how it works and it delivers, that creates uh, awareness. I think that's what the the big difference is as to uh, how um, first responders can make things stick going forward. Um, you know, it's it's what we call as a making it real for the entire organization, so that they should have an aha moment, saying that, oh, that's what would make uh, you know this is how we can do it in our in our case, and then once they own it that, oh, I will make that change, then you don't have to handhold or anything. No, it, it will it will stick. So yes. um, that's the, the main thing behind it. And also, I think, um, measuring, you know, uh, right from the get-go, if we start measuring the real uh, tangible stuff as to, uh, did we do the, deliver the value? How often did we deliver? Uh, what was our say do ratios or you know what we said we will do and what will do it doesn't matter that it needs to be a technical uh, as far as that is concerned but it's more of uh, the whole organization needs to look at okay we will promise this and we will deliver this that or better if that culture starts as to don't over <laughs> promise and under deliver keep on doing it as the right way then it will come uh, a lot mm-hmm. more faster yes. So it's just because we can measure it, we should not uh, uh, go ahead and measure that because if that can be weaponized. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the other thing that we always say, like, okay, let's look at the value-based measures. Look at what your OKRs are and are there are your KPIs and where the value is generated in that KPI. Otherwise, don't measure it. And that that also keeps... Um, I guess nervousness to a very minimum uh, in every me every team, saying, "Oh, okay, so <laughs> we are just going to be measured by that because you know this. Oh, what is your velocity? We always say, oh, how many points do you want?' <laughs> you can always, uh, you know, inflate the uh, story points and get a better velocity measurement. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense." Uh, it's it's more of a what 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 is your value uh, that you're yeah, delivering? It's, it's about the business outcome, not just exactly. m- measuring how you're behaving from an agile perspective. Because yeah, yeah. the objective so, is the outcome, not the correct, correct. the fact that you adopted agile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares whether there was a gerbils running behind the scene and getting it done. <laughs> Once we're done uh, with the first responders, leave. Ask, go back to them maybe once a quarter, once uh, saying that, hey, how are things going? You know, what, what are you still using? And that makes uh, the difference to us as to, uh, okay, we made these changes and they actually took that and ran with it. And that is sustainable. Then it makes sense that, oh, did we make the, make the real change or not? Uh, you and I talked about the the leading from behind kind of thing is to first maybe cycle 
you lead, then ask them to lead and you just take back seat and make sure that they are not deviating. And then they take over from there. So getting out of that support business um, is a good thing. <laughs> not not to, uh, they should not be constantly coming to you, what do I do next? They should be able to figure out what, uh, yeah. what to do. You're reminding me of the podcast we uh, recorded with Llewellyn Falco. Yeah, uh, Where exactly. he was saying about how he leaves the room and even whilst he's drawing the engagement, he just leaves the room and leaves people for longer and longer periods to see if even within the space of minutes and hours, they are going backwards or keeping up the, the new practices they've learned. Correct, correct. And then I think that... That is where you really know whether we are getting the traction and they, they really get the, the mindset is changing on. Yes. So I think that's that's the key. I think uh, the other thing that really uh, helped was that, you know, I, I showed them one of the uh, feedback that uh, the company that I had worked earlier in 2019 for six months uh, where they had asked me to come in and help. And at the end of the year, they uh, showed us, uh, sent me the graph of how they have made the progress. And that was like touchdown. (laughs) 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 The the coaching, uh, that's the coach's dream that they are actually not only working with, uh, they were measuring um, the typical say-do ratio. And they said, just by looking at that, they had integrated four companies into one. They had automatic regression started, production deployment, each sprint that was going on. Wow. Uh, defect SLAs from 90 days to 30 days had come down. It's just, just looking at where they focus and how to measure it, that whole culture change. So, yeah, you never know what small change at the lowest level you could make will have a huge impact uh, for the overall organization side of things. So, yeah, it's, it's um, when you said, you know, how do you, how many people do you need? Well, it depends upon how severe the problem is <laughs> and yes. how big is the problem. But uh, yes. as long as it sticks, then it, it makes a difference. But, you know, one thing that I would say, the, uh, there is one really good, I guess, literature or, or a white paper by uh, Mike uh, Cottermayer. He's a really great guy. From and, uh, Leading Agile. Yeah, from Leading Agile. And he has looked at you know how uh, the short-term things can be done, mid-term things can be done, long-term. It really, you know, with a, uh, complex organizations uh, to mid-size to a, short, a small size. I still refer to some of the techniques from him as to uh, you know, how how do you uh, see whether the uh, agile transformation is uh, going in the right direction or not. So I would highly recommend to have that. Uh, people should take a look at that. Yeah, we can uh, put a link in the podcast notes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Cool. It's a very interesting topic, and I think we've all faced uh, situations whether we think of ourselves as agile coaches or, in my case, when I was just kind of starting down this path, I pretty quickly was being called in to help 
other teams that were having problems and I was truly a first responder at the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> I oh, think yeah. a, lot, a lot of people go through this as Correct. their careers Correct. develop. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing is uh, sometimes uh, you need to realize, oh, you, oh, we need a res- first responder for us. I think that realization is also huge. Just to say that, uh, okay, we are not doing what we are supposed to. Right. So let's go. So I think that that's where it it really makes a difference to have somebody come in, and I mean it could be within your own organization, doesn't matter, but at least have somebody to help you guys, you know, realize where uh, how to get to the right place that you're looking for. Yeah, definitely. I, I've been on that side of the uh, equation as well because um, uh, when I got started in the Agile space, um, I just read a lot and tried to implement techniques and there was already an improvement on what we had been doing in the organization previously. Then I went through some formal two-day training and, oh, yes, now I really understand it. <laughs> and then we were kind of not really progressing and I brought in an Agile coach and, oh, wow, that was like trans mm. literally transformational <laughs> uh that's when i really got to understand the the meat of it and and sort of yeah. get, get to the next level yeah make made it real yes yeah <laughs> great awesome well thank this you thank you so much yeah this is this is fun this uh, brings out some good memories <laughs> absolutely yeah definitely okay all, all right, right. Okay. take care everyone bye bye bye